0: testing
1: now put it in, now don't touch it
0: well i mean i'm gonna to have to put it somewhere
1: there we go that's good
0: yeah you don't want it facing you you want it facing up yeah you want it facing up
1: now don't touch it do not touch it
0: like that's that's the other problem and i can't eat my celery and carrots
1: all right let's just start are you ready this first one is going to be the best one all right hello everyone welcome to this podcast we don't know what it's going to be called idea. I'm Jason Ackerman.
0: Scott Scarano.
1: I honestly thought it was Scarano, so I'm glad I heard that out loud. How do you say your last name? Have you ever watched the show on HBO? What show? The Sopranos? There you go. Scarano, Soprano.
0: That's
1: oh, so we both have accounting firms.
0: And we're both half Jewish. No, I'm 100%. Yes, but you still are half. <laughs> that's true i'm too half of you take half of you it's still jewish right yeah that's yeah. true now we do both own and operate accounting firms
1: yeah. we bounce ideas off each other scott's a little more retarded than me i would say but he has good ideas so i still listen to him a big picture guy and good with trends not a detailed guy don't know if I would trust you to do a tax return. Like, I don't know if I want you to do my tax return. You
0: shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't because I've, I've fucked up my return. Not
1: a technical guy, but you have a good understanding of where the industry is going. That's what I like about you.
0: Okay. You are the steak, not the sizzle. <laughs> okay. When you are making a steak and obviously you can smell it too. I don't know. That's not even part of the analogy. But when you hear somebody cooking a steak, you hear that sizzle. That is not the steak, that there's no substance. It's just how you described me. I am all sizzle. I could talk a long game because there's very low risk, but if it's something that I know that there's answers to out there, I try to stay away from it because I don't know much. (laughs) Now that's the sizzle. The steak is actually (laughs) food that you can eat. If you want real information, you get it from Ackerman. If you want theory, you get it from scratch i
1: think you have a a little bit of say it just like you need translating that's my job on this podcast is you're going to say some weird shit and i'm going to translate it in normal english for people i want to know what your overall theory of accounting is what do you think is the most important thing what's your north star i mean i think the north star for us is customer service how can we do right by the customer
0: Okay, so that's every industry in the world that deals with customers.
1: Yeah, that's not how most people think.
0: Most, most people, people
1: think. think they're in business to make money.
0: Are we talking about all businesses? Because our clients need to be focused on their clients and their customers. We're talking about a North Star of accounting. and That's a North Star. Customer is your North Star. I like that. But
1: not customer, customer service. It doesn't mean doing what the customer wants you to do because that might not be the right thing for the customer to do. So right. it's doing right by the customer.
0: By the customer. My north star of accounting is business. Entrepreneurial. North star in your business. Like
1: when you make a decision, what I is I like this, I like it
0: it. This. okay. To empower the person we're trying to help. So I do like the customer-centric idea. I think a lot more of it has to do now with the human connection and the communication. So giving them that transparency. That's my North Star transparency in what we do. Why are we doing right by the client? Why do we even care? A lot of people don't care. A lot of firms do not care about the clients. They complain about their clients. I think we, I complain about clients too. I think we you all do. do.
1: But, it, but it goes back, like, why I always think about customer service and giving the best experience to the customer, like, Maybe
0: you're leaving it all out on the table, and that's why you complain. Maybe you're too good at customer service that you're giving people that shouldn't deserve good customer service, good customer service, and wasting that, your time on them. That
1: that, that could definitely could be part of it. But you're, you're left when empty. I at, when I look at the trend in tax returns, is to go away from advisory, not mm-hmm. advisory, but go away from human contact. You know, you want people to drop off their stuff, it goes into a scanning software, it gets populated on the return, you have interns doing that, or maybe you have somebody in India or or someplace, and you're not ever talking to the client, and they're just getting the tax return at the end. Is that the best for the client?
0: That is best for the client, if that's what the client, if that's all they care about, and they shouldn't be using one of our services to do that. If that's what it's about, it's like, they should go to the gas station and buy water instead of going and trying to filter their own water and make it themselves. Terrible example, but they <laughs> should not be using us to filter everything through but for why?
1: But why do you think that's so, all they care about? So why do you think firms are are going to this model of less contact?
0: Everybody's trying to automate everything. So it's mistaking. What we do for manufacturing, maybe. Do you
1: think the tax returns can be
0: automated? Compliance is always going to be around. I think that you know the ability for the tax return to do itself, still going to need people to translate that. You know, you're not going to trust a computer just. So let's say hypothetically
1: out. in this world that you can do that. So I think we're a long way off from there because. You know. I
0: think that it's within two three years. Okay, so. That's- jot that down in two or three years from now we'll double check on that one
1: (laughs) well i think that a basic tax return can be automated if you just have a w2 sure that's going to be automated but for the tax returns that have multiple k1s multiple
0: businesses i don't see that part being automated anytime soon but the reason it won't be automated is not because it's too complex I don't think that's the case at all. I think no, it's not. That it's too
1: complex. It's there's a lot of factors in play with that. Let's just let's just say that you know if the U.S. went to a you you just taxed gross income, there was no state taxes you had to worry about. Right, It's the U.S.
0: Then, went to a flat it, tax, whatever it is, they figure it out for it could be you a
1: lot. But we're not. Let's just assume that's not going to happen because I don't think that's going to
0: happen. No, I don't think that will ever happen. I agree with you there. So
1: like that's right true. now, we've got you. For technology to work, you've got to get buy-in on, from all these jurisdictions, over ten and banks, over ten yeah, and banks, and uh, to be able to file a tax return to talk just just the filing part to getting it to. There's talk not about.
0: enough money to be made for somebody to head this up to consolidate all the info to make it easy for it to do itself. It's
1: I'm just talking people. about the filing part, but but as far as like getting the numbers on the return properly you have let's just say you had all the source documents that and you just like basically what it would happen is you take all the source documents you scan it and then it populates the tax return perfectly well you're saying
0: you you added the word perfectly because that already exists it doesn't
1: exist you still have to verify it
0: you still have to verify it it's not the greatest but yes there is let's
1: just say yeah of course sure prep but the, all the we big should be using now. those
0: systems, okay? So that's where we can use our time to serve the client much better. Our time could be used, and this this has probably been said ad nauseum, but when you're not doing all that compliance, you can now focus your time on where can the client save more money? What can we do to optimize this return? I mean, you spend much more time optimizing than doing. So
1: I... I agree with that concept. I think that a modern tax firm now, a client drops off their stuff, it gets scanned in somewhere, probably gets sent to India. So you have the person who literally they have to do a tax term because it's legally required and they want it done as cheaply as possible. And they might not even care if it's right. They just want it done. That's not our that's not our clients. That shouldn't be any CPA firm's client.
0: It shouldn't be, but the CPA firms that complain about their clients, those are the majority of their clients.
1: Yeah. There's also clients that care too much. (laughs) Yes. You can complain about those too.
0: The smart business owner will be paying for the relationship you have with them, the bigger picture.
1: I agree with everything you're saying. I want to go back to the actual processing of a tax return.
0: On our other podcast of tax return processing. That's
1: a video podcast. And it's just, you just watch me feed paper into stuff and I wear a visor. What I don't think is good customer service is when someone drops off all their stuff and then two and a half weeks later, they get their tax return. And no one talks with them in between. I think a better service is someone who drops off their stuff or comes in and meets with you and they get their tax return within one or two days. From a client facing, that's something I would want. I don't want to wait three three weeks for a CPA firm to do my tax return. We agree on that.
0: We're going to agree on that. That's fine. But you know what? H&R Block does the same thing.
1: Okay. Now, that's a very good point.
0: We're not arguing that H&R Block's bad either, but everything that yeah. H&R Block does should be automated. Do you so
1: create- like there is, there's a simplification of the tax code, which 100% needs to happen yes. for a lot of reasons. I think when you go to straight up, the tax return can be automated. You're missing a lot of value that you can add by doing the tax return. The value add is not preparing the return, but the value add of the return is taking it, taking their source documents, giving them advice on those source documents, and then telling them what they can do differently.
0: I'm gonna keep going back to the wrong argument though. I'm saying tax returns should be a year round process. It shouldn't be a walk in once a year, talk to the person once a year, done. Those people should be automating it because they, they obviously don't care enough to be looking at this stuff all year. I think you
1: can do a tax return and do good planning with one meeting a year when you do the return. For some people, it depends on their complicated situation. If they're super complicated, then yes, you need to be talking with them more throughout the year.
0: Yeah. I still but what think are talking at- way too you're broadly no. about accounting because when you asked me what is my North Star for accounting, I definitely wouldn't say tax. <laughs> Well, like, we're, we're that's getting, accounting we're, and tax.
1: That because that, your firm is focused more business clients. You want to help the business clients. You kind of have written off the individual return, the standalone individual return.
0: It's funny that you say I have written it off, like, because you really can't write off the cost of an individual return anymore.
1: Okay. For your firm, you don't want to take any more individual tax returns. And most firms are going that way. And my firm is different. We still want an individual return because we've developed a good process where we can get the tax returns in and out quickly and we provide value. This is a
0: really good segue into how our firms are different because we're both agreeing on the same thing. You've got an operation that is working that I wouldn't say is 100% future-proof. It's not, but you've, Proofed it enough that you're not going to be in trouble if it's fully automated. You've got these personal relationships and this communication with with clients that they value it a lot more than the return being automated. I think that's what, like, we're both trying to get at. Yeah,
1: you have to have, exactly. You can't be It's a relationship. Yeah. You have to have the relationship with the client because, let's let's just say that all tax returns went away and you you could automate it all. I think we're a long way off from that. For most comp for the tax returns we do, the complicated returns, not the ones that are, you know, a W2, but ones that have K1s, lots of investments, stuff like that. We're a long way off from those being automated. But let's just say they get automated. Yeah. What's going to be the role, what's going to be the role of the accountant? Of the CPA?
0: I'm not a CPA, so I have no fucking clue. <laughs> but the role of the CPA needs to go beyond just those three letters, because that's kind of bastardized the industry too. You've got a lot of people that are passing the CPA exam because they can take a test, but they know nothing. Let's don't, not don't bash CPAs. Just CPAs. Because just you're not a CPA. No, I'm not bashing CPAs. What's at all. the role? They're very good count
1: it When the tax term becomes automated
0: role of the accountant when the tax return becomes automated is to be somebody's friend, is to be there for them and looking out for them, and the computer's not going to be able to do that. With professional services, you want to work and trust the person that's doing it. I think that any smarter, intelligent person can do their own return, but they're choosing to go to you and pay more because you're giving them value. It's not the return they're going to you for, because they could get that done a lot cheaper or anywhere else. They're going for the value that they perceive that you are giving. Now, what's your role in that?
1: And what's that value? You,
0: how, well, that value is your website. And that value for you is your office and inside of the office because these are people that are coming exactly. in and that's a hell of a lot nicer place to go than somebody's strip mall place that they just rented out for tax season. You know, you're know, you going to pay a lot more to go to your office and have a return done. So right I think the tax the returns that
1: we it. do... That we do here are better than the tax turns that.
0: No, they're not. But what you're doing, you're doing it in a better way that is perceived better. I think that a return. Do you think
1: that an HR block or a turbo tax, they're going to do the tax turn right, right now.
0: I think that they can. I'm going to make the assumption those places doing a return correctly and so are you what's the value and why would they pay you more i think it's perception i'm not going to go all the way to florida to go to sea world i or orlando i'm going to go to disney world right i'm not going to see driving all the way down there just to go to sea world okay but worlds in orlando how many worlds are there in orlando a lot of worlds yeah it's a small world so all though, right
1: i think okay i think what you're saying is brand is important And how you build the brand. But I don't think that. And and I definitely agree with you. The brand is important. So I think part of the answer to your question is. The reason why you're paying a CPA more. If something were to go wrong with your tax return. Let's say you got audited. You got a notice. They know we're going to take care of that. You can call up. And we're going well, we to. Well, we
0: charge more to make sure they have that peace of mind to take care of it. So it's a feeling that we're charging for. Yeah. They course. don't know so, they're going to get audited in the future. Sure. This selling a feeling and still selling a brand. Yeah, you're, you're, you're selling.
1: selling
0: yes. But you're paying for access
1: to a knowledge professional mm-hmm. who hypothetically knows something. So if you do a computer and your computer does your tax return, you can't call up a computer and ask them
0: a question. Now you can Google something and you can mess around. We come in where Google leaves off. You're calling us because Google can't answer that question. Oh, it's just a quick question. You know, these are people that you don't see too often and they call during a year with something ultra specific, but it's a quick question and you know they already searched for it on Google. People don't value it if you're just gonna give it away for free too. If you're just gonna answer all their questions or not charge extra to cover them, they're not valuing it at all but they're valuing the return you did. So you've got other stuff that maybe you could be giving them that's increasing the value of the return, but they're not directly relating it to that.
1: Accountants do a terrible job of of saying why they should pay you for the services. It's not just for the tax return. They're paying you for a bunch of different things. But you shouldn't have to tell somebody why to pay you. How are they gonna know? How do you get your brand out there? You have to tell them why you're worth something. If someone goes to your website
0: That's their first interaction with you is the website or however they found it. Their first interaction with you is going to be good or bad. They're going to go to the website. And if it's appealing to them already, you have added value. You put the website together and you have the content in there or the simplicity of it, whatever it is, that's enough for them to want to work with you or reach out to you.
1: I think what we're dancing around is the accounting industry and the CPA industry a lot of people don't understand what we do how we provide value they think we just do tax returns or they think we just do bookkeeping what they really need is the advice the planning getting to know you so we understand your work and we can give you better advice that way they're not quite sure what it is how do they how do they how do we differentiate ourselves from these other p- places so let's just assume this person doesn't care about price. Well, how, price is
0: value. We're talking about value, So we have-
1: Yeah, to I, I'm struggling with this. I spend a lot of time with new clients, potential new clients, trying to explain how we're different and our value. But I feel like everybody, you go to every CPA- so
0: But that's what you're doing Every
1: CPA's now. website and it says, we're different. We're different. Right, we're I know. That last know.
0: person. And but that's like, the problem. Nobody is different. What I was saying earlier is- But that's every not Every one of these other firms- it's definitely not true. I tell clients this, or no, I tell potential clients this. I say, every person that you're, if you're going to talk to three or four people, I'm going to assume all of them are going to do everything 100% right. So you shouldn't question if they're going to do something right or not. You should be looking at it as yeah, no, a long term relationship. Let's,
1: let's assume they'll do the tax return correctly. Now,
0: that's, that's I'm a, telling that's you, that's what, I'm, ta- I'm getting at where the value is here. Okay. The, all the stuff correctly. Then the client is now trying to decide. You don't have to sell them on this, but they're going to decide, okay, who do I want to work with when now we're taking the compliance part that's going to be automated out of the picture? It's it's the same. So that's apples to apples across the board. They still need the same thing done. You've got some value in the way that you're pricing. If you're pricing different than the other firms, then that's something that's clearly different. You could be giving them the same product, but one Firm tells you it's x amount per hour another one gives you this range of whatever the price is and you tell them exactly how much it is and up front before that you've even started okay so yeah
1: I, the price is important and and fits price up front so they know exactly what it's going to be and they don't have to worry about getting nickel and dimed and it's a, everything's included i 100 agree with you there is lots of value but
0: you, you've got people who are coming to you And you want to explain the value that you're providing. Uh I don't think you're going to be able to explain that. How do you have a pre-written script to explain to them what's so valuable about what you do? How the fuck do you do that if everybody values different things? You want your values to align. What's your values as a firm?
1: Client service. We're going to be responsive to you. I wanted to hear something something good. (laughs) That's not a value. You're going to get response. You're going to get expertise, somebody who has experience doing tax planning. We provide continuity. You're going to have one contact, and they're going to really know you, as opposed what to... What if
0: that person gets
1: fired? Well, that well, this goes back to the North Star, and you design your whole firm around how can I provide the best client service. So part of the client service is employee retention. Most firms don't do it that way. Most firms, every year, a different person could be preparing your return or doing your business return. That's not not all firms do it that way.
0: Right. So I'm I'm with you there, but the value that you're going to give should reflect their values too. We have our values, but when we hire, they need to be somewhat like me in a way. They need to think somewhat like me. That's not an ego thing either my wife she's totally the opposite of me in so many ways but values the same things so she's a lot like me in her values so,
1: but the client part of the relationship is you being able to tell them no you
0: you're not right yes you, but they respect you, that the client isn't always right they're totally right in anything that they say the client comes to you and says 2 plus 2 is 5 uh huh all right that's i'm going to argue that that's right If it's (laughs) correct, okay, please argue that I'm gonna argue that two plus two is five to them in whatever capacity that they just turned two and two into five, that's right. So give them the reality of it and give them the expertise and the opinion because just one time two and two equaled five to them, then it's always going to equal five.
1: I have no idea what you just said, okay. Because that makes no sense. You
0: have had um, an experience somewhere that is different than anybody else. Different is not right or wrong. Right. But it happened to you and it, it didn't happen to somebody else. Right. Two plus two isn't five. No, it isn't.
1: So if a client came to me and said that, I'd be like, no, it's not. And this is why it's not. It's my professional you opinion. You think
0: that they'll walk out of the office thinking that two plus two always equals five? I'm saying they had a situation where two and two equaled five. This is not the math equation. It's a situation where they are right. Here's the reality, right? So two plus two equaled five for them. Now, that's not in the math equation, but somebody told them two plus two equals five. Well, you, if they're the right client, they've hired you for your expertise and you build that trust, so, so what if the client
1: said, I don't believe you, like, or I believe you, but I want to keep doing it in my same way. What would you do?
0: Empathetically tell them that we can't work together and I'd like to keep working together, but we can't. The
1: client's not always right. And if the client's not right and you tell them that.
0: I was told two plus two equals five. I,
1: I don't think that makes any sense for anybody because that, but let's, because you said earlier that like right, do the auto- compliance the auto- is not subjective and compliance is subjective. And uh, and one reason why I think that we're a long way off from a tax return being automated is there's a lot of subjectivity. There's a lot of gray area, and, uh, that's true uh, Let's just say an S Corp who doesn't pay themselves a salary. If they came to me and they said that, I'd be like, that's not right. This is why it's not right. But if you want to continue doing that, we'll allow it. But I'm going to I'm going to do a little disclosure that says we told you that you needed to pay yourself a reasonable salary and you didn't do it. So would you
0: fire the client or not on that situation? I would let them leave or let them stay. I wouldn't fire them.
1: But but so if they're like, I would give them the
0: option to do it wrong. I would tell them two plus two does equal four. I don't, you know, it, this whole okay, time no, that it's been equaling five, you've been getting a bonus it's one can this understand. whole time. You've been You're getting a bonus every time. These
1: people don't understand analogies. Just to talk
0: about this situation, that is exactly no, because situation. you end up with one less. All right, if if we're talking about two thousand no, no. plus two thousand equals five thousand, would you let that more. not
1: pay themselves wages?
0: Right, I know, and they're getting a thousand dollars more because of it because they're not paying payroll taxes or however much more so that would you, you want let them do that. No, I'm telling them that reality, two plus two does not equal five but you so, need to take a salary and and they're like, I'm not gonna pay myself a salary. Here's I would let them stay or let them go, but you have to treat them like humans and you can't talk down to them because they don't know. Well, let's just say you went through all that and you and they
1: said, I understand all that. I understand it's not right, but I still don't want to pay
0: myself a salary because I'm willing to take. We did exactly what you just said and had a disclosure.
1: Like what would you like now today?
0: Ideally, I would handle it that way. We put the disclosure down. And because of the way we wrote the disclosure, in some cases, the client backed up and said, you know what? You're right. I I can't do this because they didn't want it sent off with that disclosure. Other ones could give a shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that karma always comes back to these people who don't do it the right way. Because if we look at this year and the PPP, you had to pay yourself wages to get the PPP. And if you didn't do that, you didn't get the PPP. So these S-Corps who never paid themselves wages lost out on money from the government because they didn't listen to you.
0: You know, I've always believed in karma, but I feel like it's a self-inflicted thing because shit does come back around somehow, whether you want to tie it to one thing or another. Now, there's a Jewish tradition that I'll bring up. Okay, you? you, I'm all over the place. We're going to
1: get better. By episode, like, 70, you're going to be able to, like, you're like my wife. She'll just start talking, and you have have no idea what they're talking about because they're bouncing around so much, and they don't explain the situation. The biggest concern of most accounting firms is their team. They either complain that they can't find the right talent, that they can't train the right talent, and they come up with all these different metrics and different things to measure people. And I personally think it's all bullshit. I think I think it's tell, all
0: bullshit too.
1: I think you I, can I, tell, I agree with all like, of that. But like, I,
0: the most important conversation I had today was a client who who actually called to try and get a fee reduction and now he's paying more. It was, he wanted to know how we have a firm with this many people that are actually good. He's He does investments, professional services. He hired somebody, the guy's a CFP. He's one of those that could pass the CPA exam, but doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on. And we're talking about hiring. It had nothing to do with, the CFP, financial services, or anything else. His first hire needs to be somebody that complements him. If you're going to start a firm Uh and from the beginning, get it right, you have to have a second in command that complements you. So it's almost like we've got two people to balance different types of personalities. Personalities can be different. Values can be the same. But personalities get in the way of values, I think. And the situation of knowledge workers is... A whole bunch of really smart people and the ones who care about people you cultivate to be better employees, better people, better advisors, better anything. You got to show them that you care too and some vulnerability. So that, a lot of that's leadership. So it's a combination of things. I don't think there's a right answer for it, but I think the hardest part is your people when you're trying to run a firm.
1: I think the hardest part is you, a owner person running the firm, if your firm's not running well, you're the problem. It's not, the team's not the problem.
0: So when I said that every client you have and every employee you have should be a reflection of you, that way you can own every fuck up. You can own all of it because it's all people that you you had to say. And that's, that's why I'm saying that too, because I want to own a problem. I want to be the one who's responsible, who fucked up. Whatever happens within the firm. Yeah,
1: see, I don't agree with that. You've done a very good job of this. Like the firm should run without the owner. Ideally. When you get when you scale to a certain extent, you've done that. Like I haven't done that yet. You basically your firm
0: runs. Well, you say and- you haven't done that, but your dad can he step away and everything will still run? Yeah. Okay, so then you you have done that. Your but firm I been- no,
1: but I want to be the person who I could step away and it still runs.
0: Right. So then you have to cultivate and, the next one because your dad's not going to just take but, your role. But it's not you guys aren't going to just switch next, roles. It's not just the next one, it's cultivating your firm. That's true. Yeah. So
1: that so that it will run on its own. And that's very complicated and it's hard to do. Uh, the firm is a reflection of you, of the owner. But as you scale, it has to be from the owner and that owner has to be the firm culture, so it has to transfer from the owner to the firm, and the firm has to be that reflection.
0: The owner has to have a really solid, anti-fragile vision for the company and core.
1: You're all about acronyms
0: and core and
1: iPad and whatever else. had. It's I like can- a bunch of. Oh, no, fir- I made up. I made it, these it's a bunch up. of though. corporate this is
0: our internal. The part about that is is inside a my firm
1: like you're saying a bunch of like like you have your team every week do this and do that and do this and and like for me that goes, that takes time away from servicing the client and servicing the client
0: is well, what that's because you're the, servicing but, the client or you're talking about your team too
1: i'm talking about the team like i don't i, think want my team- my team, I don't want my team spending three minutes filling out some survey
0: Okay, I that. so I'd I argue that, and both sides could be right on this one. We this will
1: probably be it. our last argument, and then we'll continue on the next episode.
0: We, well, yes, to be continued. I think that what you're talking about is trying to squeeze more time into the pasta maker and expect more pasta to come out. You're trying to feed more of it into there to get more out on the other side if they're not spending time doing things that are of value to the firm.
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. I want them to spend stuff on a value. I don't want them to spend time on any bullshit corporate speak. I want them spending time with their families. I want them spending time on their clients. I want them spending time on their career, whether that means taking education or I want them spending time on that.
0: All of this fuzzy stuff, these, the corporate, I don't think it's corporate at all. But I see where you can take it that way. And may- maybe it is. I, and maybe well, I don't well, know corporate.
1: Well, I it,
0: what you're trying to... Ignorance it, is bliss, though, because I don't know how a lot of these corporations what, run.
1: What we're trying to do at the end of the day, I think, is create our firm culture so that people want to work here, that they would like the clients they work on. You're, And the way you're doing that is by creating these different values and we're doing the same thing we're creating values in our firm but you
0: can't create a value a value is something that's inherently you so you have
1: So then why do you have these a- acronyms if, if you,
0: the, those acronyms so somebody should already fit into that acronym before they're hired
1: why do you need them you don't need them so that's my point. So why but, do you have but them? But you
0: don't need them. But why you do you need them? them. Sorry, sorry. No, you don't need them. But you do need them.
1: But do you have to? Do you have to spend? If you're gonna have, if, if you're gonna time, have a solid integrity is super important. But do you have to have integrity on the wall so people know it's
0: important? Well, we well, don't have a wall, but, but an email that goes out once a week. All right, spending three minutes on that. Okay, that that's to that to that point here. Do you have company parties? I. I mean, oh, we shit.
1: have a once a year party for our clients. Okay, you
0: go for your clients. Yeah. Oh, damn it! You answered that the complete wrong way. <laughs> I was expecting my, you my to thing, say we have a company party. Want,
1: and, and I'm I'm talking. I worked at. I know. KPMG. I was just trying. To make I worked at a large account. accounting firm, and every time KPMG had all these, they had seven pillars of integrity and
0: ah, fuck all, all
1: this bullshit, That's and that. it was all and and they had everything written down, like it was amazing.
0: But nobody followed any of that. Right. Okay. So this is why. (laughs)
1: And that's why I hated it.
0: I know. But this is also why I know what they're doing. But I'll guarantee you that management was not actually living it. Yeah. Of
1: course not. Because, yeah. Because if they were, then like it would have trickled down. I agree with that. But but but, I feel like
0: our management, it doesn't matter if we, I don't think we need to have these email things. I don't think we need to have all that. Because we are so living those that? values, I think that it is—it it is also human nature to be recognized for things, and to also, and it feels good for somebody to recognize, even though this part of that. who you are, I agree somebody tells part. you something like that that you don't know about yourself, or you didn't know you did something but, that impacted but you somebody.
1: Need to get an email from somebody to
0: know to recognize them, I'm not saying you need any of this shit. I do it because I have a fear of, I have a very unhealthy fear of complacency
1: okay
0: that's a good so, think
1: that's a good fear
0: i'm always trying to change things and always trying to do stuff different there needs to be some consistency are you
1: trying to do it different to be different or are you trying to make stuff better
0: i'm trying to make something better but okay. in order to maintain some kind of consistency while everything else might seem surfacely changing is we still have to have that foundation. And I feel like that's our foundation. That's something that we stuck the landing on. And ever since we've done that, we've been able to suss people out. And I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's everything else that we're doing. You know, Maybe it's not that, maybe it is that. I don't know, but because it's working, I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna fuck with it at all.
1: When people go into accounting or tax, they go into it for what reasons? To make money. Oh. If no, they, no, no that's not, not the right not. answer
0: but that's what they will tell you i've asked everybody this well if someone
1: know. said that i would not hire them
0: oh no no, no. like i don't that's always going to be the first answer for most people and
1: not that's... not my team okay not your
0: team answer. my team is realistic like what i said to them the now, other everyone
1: day. wants to make more money but they want to be they they want to be rewarding. it's
0: about money until it's not okay but it's about money until it's not so once they're getting paid go into I accounting. Mean, once they're getting paid enough they're looking for I fulfillment w-
1: now maybe i'm not being naive which i could be but you go into accounting because you want to help people you want to help them do tax returns you want to help them solve a business problem you you're want- being
0: naive because you go into health because you want to help people you go into you go into-
1: financially
0: you go into waste management because you want to help. This is people.
1: why it's going back to the why and why I think that if if that is the true why to make money of your firm, you're not gonna succeed. And your corp, your corporate culture, if that's what you're about, is you, I mean
0: So we're in agreement a hundred percent, but the argument here is You just said people come
1: to accounting to make money. I don't agree with that.
0: I didn't say that was the why.
1: This is my point of why our team of how you cultivate a team so money doesn't matter is and all this other bullshit doesn't matter because they went into accounting hypothetically to help people with their business problems and their tax problems. And so solve- how do you
0: like I'm I'm with you there. And and how do you get to that? Because if you're gonna ask somebody that in an interview, of course they're gonna say that. They're not gonna say that they got into See, this for I, money.
1: First of all, you're not always going to make the right hire. So let's just say that you don't make the right hire, and you find out this person is not in there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. They need to go. And people don't fire people that don't fit their culture. So let's just say – so that's just a side point. But let's just – how do you how do you get to an interview? I, it's hard. I don't know if you can ask them, like – why you went into accounting. And you can tell if they're bullshitting or not. You can make more money. If you want to go in for money, go into finance. <laughs> like, be an investment
0: or, or in my, yeah. make
1: way more money. <laughs> the fundamental premise that you have. And and I think you need to reevaluate.
0: Dude, none of this is about I money,
1: re- I think you need to reevaluate what your team values. Your team, and, and this is why, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. It's like taking away all the bullshit that's that most firms do dress code stupid surveys parties whatever if you know what you know what i love the best thing I, I love to hear is when two team members are like we're going to get dinner together or like we put a group together and we're going not me i didn't i had no, i don't want to be involved i want them doing it on their own that's the best thing I can hear. Normally, I pay for it. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, here, take the credit card," because like,
0: oh shit. Nice. So my team did that last week, and I didn't pay for it. <laughs> but, I should have. But like, because
1: you do like, I don't believe in you. Don't need friends at work. You you're spending a bunch of time in your accounting firm. If you build the culture where you're like the, and it goes back to the client, the client is the most important thing. Your work is the most important thing. You making your client happy and doing the right stuff is the most important thing. Everything else doesn't matter. Like, when you work doesn't matter. What you wear doesn't matter. The stuff that you put on the wall about all this bullshit. Okay,
0: okay. let's strip all the of bald that eagle, down.
1: The bald eagle saying persevere.
0: Okay. <laughs> like, all okay, this No, I like, I like your point of them doing stuff on their own, but what if that's already happening? You know, when I brought up my people said they did it for money, this is like, we did this recently and it was just an so, exercise. So, of, you
1: think, so let's just say you got rid of all this stuff and you were just like, hey, like, we're not going to hey. worry about team parties and team all this stuff. Like, you know, we'll do like we'll, we'll still like have happy hours and stuff we want. But like we're not going to worry about our, our core that like we're not going to worry about these emails that we do all the time. We're not going to worry about team meetings. Okay, So
0: here's here's and, the issue, though. I wouldn't scrap all that shit.
1: So it's about you. Yes. So you so you feel like you're losing control.
0: Ah, putting words in my mouth there. Not about losing control because I wouldn't choose to remove all that stuff. And if somebody else did, somebody else chose to remove it. I think all this
1: stuff is good. You're doing the right stuff and you live it. So it's working.
0: Or it's not working and I'm just fooling myself. <laughs> What you could be saying is none of my shit's working and it would work even if I didn't do it. That's what you could be saying.
1: Well, I think it would because you've set up the firm in a way that it will work without you having to... Now, and there are, there is times when you have to be like, hey, we're not going to do this because that's not the right thing to do. And, it is, and, and you set examples like that. But I don't think you need a core value list written down in your handbook to live your firm that way.
0: That's true. That's and not this is, true. And this
1: is, it's a it's philosophy. true. It's
0: not true. It, it needs to be clear. When you're clear about this vision and why you're doing what you're doing and what your core is and all these other terms, when you're clear about that, you get a lot more alignment. And then decisions that people made are less about the immediate filter and more about the long-term filter of how it's gonna impact the company and the client. Okay. That. None of it's about money, but it is. It's about money until it's not. And the other part too, about value. You've
1: never had a client leave or a team member leave because of money.
0: No, and maybe may not. When I say it's about money until it's not,
1: we're talking about accountants. We're not talking about people okay. working at McDonald's.
0: Well, I understand that. So accountants shouldn't be like that unless they're probably working at h and Block.
1: A lot of firms make this mistake, I think, which is they treat their team members like McDonald's workers. Like oh, I have to yeah. monitor them all the time. I have to know every six minutes what they're doing. They have to come in the office or they're oh, not-
0: Oh, dude, do you know what I just saw? A guy on a call showed us a monitor in a mirror in behind him and I was, I, I was just like, you got to be careful there, because we can see everything that's going on. And he turns his camera around, and he's got three TVs, and they have all of the employees that are working at home. He was trying to say how great that was, and how much more productive they are. The long term, fuck that.
1: If you treat them like McDonald's workers, then
0: they're gonna act like McDonald's. They may be twenty percent more productive because they've got a camera on them, but they're also gonna look for a job when they walk out of that room. Yeah and the bad people stay. And you lose the good people because you're telling them you don't trust them. Exactly.